talking about the creek, the creek talk, talking about the creek, the creek talk, talking about the creek, talking about Dawson's Creek. Welcome back to Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week we're recapping season two, episode 16, Be Careful What You Wish For. All right. Well, Jamie, before we get into this, let's just let everybody know it is now 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. I was running late and I said, <laughs> I'll be ready by like 7.50-ish. And you're like, no worries, no worries. Then you're like, wait a minute, my computer is doing an update. This might take a while. Then we were fine. Then all of a sudden you were freezing. You logged back on and we were sitting in our Zoom hangout for a good hour and a half. <laughs> and something tragic happened with your laptop and Microsoft. And then you rebooted and it happened again. <laughs> so it's been a really, really, I said to you, you know what, Jamie? I got a lot of love for you because I'm not even getting impatient right now. <laughs> I said, this is a lot. <laughs> um, I know. I appreciate you so much for being so patient because I'm ready to pull my hair out. Like, I'm pretty sure like five more strands of my hair turned gray. So I'm just <laughs> so frustrated. I did not want this update. I'm going to make it known right now. If any Microsoft people are listening, you know, you Windows guys. They're all listening. I didn't <laughs> want this it. update. <laughs> All of Microsoft company is listening to us. <laughs> They're all big Dawson's Creek fans. <laughs> I I don't, I guess it's to prepare for Windows 11, which is cool, but I opted no. I want, I like how everything was. It was perfectly perfect. I had everything organized. I liked the way that it looked. Like I had no issues. Everything had its place on my computer. Nothing got lost. Now, nothing's working it's like my computer is brand new nothing's downloaded anymore and it won't let me download it because god forbid oh my god, gosh i hate the only thing that transferred are my like my favorites and stuff from edge that's it and my passwords that stuff made it so the edges edges work up fantastic it's just everything else is like <laughs> look i feel really bad for you I'm I mean, knocking I on wood this. that I don't have this problem because if I lose any of this podcast stuff, I'll lose my mind. Like I really will. But I know you're like counter focused on this and your laptop right now and you're filming yeah. this on your phone. So I'm praying <laughs> to God right now that the audio is going to be okay. But, but before we get into the episode, why don't we just do a quick, really, really quick catch up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really happy that the cloud OneDrive is working at least. But um, for me, let's see, this past week, I went to my third funeral this month and then just more Asian rom-coms and I love BTS. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You're all about BTS now. I love them. My niece Adriana always goes, I don't understand why people like them so much. And I go, I don't even know who they are. And then all of a oh. sudden you're like, I love BTS. <laughs> That was a really weird laugh. I I do. I do. They have some catchy songs, man. Even if I have no clue what they're saying, the beats are great. So I just... Well, and they one of... some stuff in English and they even yeah. do... There's a song with like Coldplay or something. I don't really like... Oh, yeah, they're Coldplay. like really big. I just yeah, couldn't yeah, even yeah, tell you what they sing at all. Um, So one of Justin's tarot friends, like she's older. She like wrote books on tarot and stuff. I remember him telling me before he interviewed her that she loves bts and i think she even brought them up in his interview 
you could look her up. Um, I forget what her name is. I want to say it's like Mary Greer, maybe. I think that's, I remember him saying her name like all the time. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who this person is, Justin. <laughs> He's like, Mary Greer, you know, she's like big in tarot. I'm like, that's your thing. I don't know anything about tarot. <laughs> but yeah, I think her name is Mary Greer. She loves BTS. So maybe you can become friends with her or something. I don't know. <laughs> My first BTS friend. <laughs> Your first behind the scenes friend. Behind the scenes. Anyway, so I'm glad that you're still into the rom-coms. I'm, I am really sorry about another loss. I don't fucking understand, Jamie, what's going on. It's so fucking weird. All I can say is I'm really sorry. And I'm not trying to bring this down. But like, it's just, I don't understand what is happening. But um, for me, this past weekend, I watched a lot of true crime documentaries on Netflix. I finished watching that show, Catching Killers, which was really good. Um, And then I watched the Night Stalker documentary, which is like a four episode series. That creeps me out so much. The guy, the actual guy, Richard Ramirez, like I've heard about him I didn't know the whole story. I don't like, I don't know everything about, didn't know everything about him until I watched it, but he killed and like beat and murdered and raped and so many people within like a short time span. I don't know how they didn't catch him until they did. It was crazy. I had, so like, I had to turn it off because I didn't want to watch any, I needed to watch something like light because I was getting so like icky watching yeah. it. It, gro- it creates me out. But what else did we watch? Oh, well, we watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which- on Netflix, which was, it was a good Saturday night horror movie to watch. It wasn't, I don't understand where they like go with the storylines, with the timelines with these movies. They're like all over the place, but um, it was a good, it was good. I like thought it was creepy. Like there are parts where I was just like, what is he doing? (laughs) This is so gross. But I know a lot of people on Twitter were sort of like, um like they didn't like it and then they liked it and I was like I can't listen to what these people say like if I like it I like it I don't listen to other people's opinions well I mean for stuff like that you really should and it's just you know know, objective like like, yeah no it's a dumb horror movie it's it's not even like it was like not like a serious movie it was a it was a dumb horror movie the one guy who's in it though super fucking hot (laughs) and I think he was in the show the vikings but he was the only like hot guy on, in the movie, but uh, I don't want to give away what happens to him. But yeah, he was. Pretty Does he die? I'm not going to say. <laughs> you guys think he dies. <laughs> if anybody that's listening watched it, then they'll know what happened. But it was really cute. All right. Well, that was my weekend. Um, I know we're having, we're we're in a bit of like a, uh frantic chaotic like recording right now i feel but before we get into it i thought this was a really good episode i thought it was funny i liked dawson in this episode because he wasn't this like perfect person he was a little crybaby i'm not gonna lie he was really funny (laughs) yeah he was really funny (laughs) and andy andy yeah andy too yeah but i um, loved it i laughed it was pretty funny when we get to it there were parts at the end I was sort of like, they just sort of like left us hanging. But when we get to it, I'll explain it. Um, I liked it. I liked the return of Abby. That was good. <laughs> yeah, she was funny too. I she did. looked I really pretty. Her. She did. 
Well, the first time we really see her at the ice house, I didn't like. No. <laughs> but at the party later, she looked she looked good. She looked normal. Yeah, she looked cute. All right. Well, you want to get into this, Jamie? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. So we are recapping season two, episode 16. Be careful what you wish for. Aired March 3rd, 1999. Directed by David Semmel and written by Heidi Ferrer. So we open in Dawson's bedroom. Pacey shows up. Dawson's freaking out. And he tells Pacey that it's almost midnight. And Dawson is just having a meltdown. So Pacey's like, yeah, it's almost your birthday. You're finally 16. Congratulations. This is a major turning point. And Dawson's just not having it. So he tells Pacey that he's eternally lost as a species on this planet. And Pacey says, I knew this was going to be bad. (laughs) Like, so he's already like, great. Now I got to deal with him having a fucking meltdown, which is hilarious because when Pacey turned 16, Dawson totally forgot. Yeah. Like, it's all I could think about. So Pacey's a good friend. He remembers birthdays. (laughs) Yeah. Pacey's like, even though you fucked me on my birthday and totally forgot until the very end. I'm here before your birthday, before midnight, helping you calm down because you're 16 and you're having like a fucking pre-midlife crisis. Like, (laughs) I don't get it. I don't know. That's, yeah. I don't remember ever freaking out. Pre-20-something crisis? I don't even know. (laughs) He's having a crisis. I'm like trying to remember what it was like to be 16. I know. Jamie, when I watched this too, I was like, wow, 16 years old. What what was I like when I was 16? Was I like this? I don't think I was that dramatic. I mean, I I think I I had a couple moments, but I won't think I was like the way Dawson is. (laughs) He has just like, you would think he was having a midlife crisis or something, you know? Do you remember your 16th birthday? Uh, I think so. I get them a little confused. I'm pretty sure this 16th birthday party. Which one was that? Were we driving it? Or was that my 18th? Did I have a party on my 18th? (laughs) It's too hard of questions. Yeah, I was like, this shouldn't be a hard question. (laughs) Um, I remember mine. You know what happened on my 16th birthday? What? My parents got married in a church. (laughs) Happy birthday. Happy anniversary. Yeah. So they got married on my birthday, on my 16th birthday. And then we had the reception and everything. And they had like a little cake for me too, which I, I don't even remember. My dad like recently told me. And then that summer, um, we went down the shore and cause my birthday is in August. So like that summer we went down the shore and then I remember my grandma got me a cake to celebrate because she didn't, I guess she didn't think it was right, right. That my parents got married on my 16th birthday. I don't know. Thunder a little bit, but I mean, a little I bit, guess yeah. Your parents could never say they could forget because if they did, that's just that's what my dad says. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my grandma ended up getting me. I don't know why she did this, but we got a frozen Sara Lee chocolate cheesecake. It wasn't even like a real cake. But we got this Sara Lee frozen chocolate cheesecake and sang happy birthday to me with my family and stuff. And my dad always says, remember that chocolate cheesecake that you got? And I was like, yeah, I don't even, I don't remember. Like, why did we get that? I don't remember. It was so weird. But I don't know. At least I guess I, I got cake out of it. At least I remembered cake. I don't know. But it was weird. 
that's I'll never forget it. But did you get presents? I'm sure I did. I don't even remember. I honestly don't remember. So you blocked it out. <laughs> there's like, yeah, like there's a lot of it that I don't remember. I just remember being at the reception for my parents, obviously. And like my brother was doing the men in black dance. And um, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, I don't want to do this. And I remember my cousin's husband at the time. Um, well, no, my cousin is married to her husband who she was dating at the time. They're still together. And we were like dancing and we were all dancing. And he said to me, he asked me if I was gay. And I was so offended by that at 16. And I just remember. Because you weren't like out yet. No, like I didn't like because I don't I didn't know. And I remember just always remembering that about him and being like, I hate him. I hate him (laughs) so much because I thought he was being mean. But now years later he's like one of my favorite people he cracks me the fuck up like he's he's like so fun at parties he was probably being genuine maybe being yeah. a little bit of a dick but like i think he probably was like curious i don't know who knows um back to dawson so dawson says he's going to be 16 and he's still the same me the same whiny adolescent big talking little doing loser that he was a year ago <laughs> i know it's like poor me oh oh he's like being like pacey now (laughs) except except like to the like like major extent yeah a bigger extent pacey is small potatoes compared to dawson leary and his dramatic escapades (laughs) and the woe is me attitude i wish we knew when his actual birthday was i want to know what his what his sign is dawson Um, yeah because they don't really say for him somewhere oh i'm sure it is yeah I didn't think of that. I'd look it up, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So Pacey tells him that that's not true. So then we see Dawson pick up a prop arm now and he's like swinging it around complaining. And he tells Pacey, of course it is. Everyone around me is growing up and moving forward in some way. And he even mentions Joey finding herself. Pacey has his whole stable do-gooder boyfriend thing happening. And Jen isn't necessarily moving forward, but at least she's moving. And he says even his parents are starting new lives. He says he's in the exact same place he was a year ago. And Pacey reminds him again that he's turning 16. He's getting older. This is a good thing. So Dawson says that there isn't anything ahead of him, but more of the same. He says the only thing that he accomplished last year was his feelings for Joey. And he couldn't even hold on to her that confused me so now they're like into a year so i guess we just got to go along with it because we're yeah. still technically we in give the up on year. timing we're just we're just giving up on the timing thing i don't know what year yeah. it is there's <laughs> no there's no time in capes <laughs> or continuity <laughs> um so pacey says he needs to stop looking at movies for all of his answers to life's questions and he tells dawson that what he needs to do is figure out exactly what he wants and to make it happen he tells him to be definitive so then dawson is holding the joey prop head that he was practicing kissing from last season and he agrees with pacey and he says he needs definitive answers he says joey is the answer he had her he lost her and now he's gonna get her back And he throws the prop head at Pacey and he says, how's that for definitive? And then he just leaves Pacey by himself in his own bedroom with the prop head and he leaves. (laughs) He just, Dawson just leaves his own house, I guess. Uh, Close to midnight. (laughs) 
I'm like, where'd he go? It was a very, very chaotic opening scene. It made me anxious because he's just walking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. And he's picking up stuff and moving stuff and putting stuff down and moving it. <laughs> like, oh my God, his frantic energy. Yeah, was he like was doing that a lot. Energy. Yeah. He moved the telescope at one point. Mm-hmm. He was and in the closet, and then he was out of his closet, and then he was back yeah. at his desk, and then he was like over here. And all he was doing was pacing, picking stuff up, moving stuff around. James Vanderbeek is a is a good actor at doing that type of work. I guess he's a very chaotic he actor. Very well, that's for yeah. sure. I don't think anybody else could ever be Dawson. I don't either. I don't either. I agree with that statement. <laughs> um. So now it's the next morning. Gal finds Mitch at the house making Dawson his breakfast dinner or his wait his breakfast dinner his breakfast dinner (laughs) his breakfast lunch dinner (laughs) (laughs) I meant to say his traditional birthday breakfast I don't know why I said that (laughs) so gal finds Mitch making Dawson his traditional breakfast dinner yes (laughs) and Mitch needs to talk to Gal about Dawson's birthday present. So they go out on the front porch and he says he wants to give a joint gift. And Gal tells him that she already bought Dawson an Explorer. And I was like, wow, an Ford Explorers must have been like a sponsor for the show at the time. Because she said it like a hundred times in this episode. Um, And I have an Explorer. So what? My my best friend had an Explorer. She called it an Exploder. (laughs) Because it just. Yeah. Yeah. When my dad gave it to me. He, he just gave it to me, right? I went from having one car to having three cars and it was ridiculous. And he gave me the Explorer and all of a sudden it needed a new transmission. And I was like, I don't have fucking money to buy a transmission. I already put $200 out for the title. And we went through all this garbage and then I, he finally like helped me pay for it and I paid him back. And it's been running fine, but Justin took over the Explorer and I, and I drive the Volvo. But now he's like, the Explorer needs to be... Um, inspected and it's on its last legs and it's running into the ground it has all these miles on it and i was like stop i'm like it's not dead <laughs> like let it be i'm like you run it into the ground because you don't take care of things it's so annoying. let it live its life <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know like stop making it die before it's ready <laughs> before it's time <laughs> he does that all the time i tried to do that once with my first car but that's because it was dying (laughs) it had over two hundred thousand miles on it it was a 96 saturn um and like nothing automatic in this car it was straight transmit like everything was like manual everything everything the like teeth and the the gear for the window crank on the driver's side was busted so like i couldn't use the window Oh my god! I could, and I it was only a two car, like two car door, like two door car. It was only a two door car, mm-hmm. and only the passenger side window would roll down. The air conditioning did not work very well. There was many times that I drove home in like my bra because it was so hot, and I didn't care. It was like a bathing suit top. That's pretty much what I convinced myself to. I got in my car and I stripped. And I cracked the one window that I could and <laughs> drove home in like 100 degree weather. It was great. Um, <laughs> there was so much stuff that just was not working on the damn thing. It was, it was, I had the it same problem. I had to put oil in it all the freaking time. It was burning that shit. I don't know where it went. It was poof, oil gone. <laughs> I had a 2001 Saturn SL2 or something. Yeah. And the, it would overheat all the time. It suddenly just started overheating. But um, there were times in the summer where we had to put the heat on because it was overheating. 
And we, I remember we were driving to a wedding and we had people like, we, I don't know how we were like driving people. I was like, why are we like, how did we offer to drive people when like, I didn't even, I didn't want to be in my car. Why would I let other people in my car? And it started to overheat and we had to like roll the windows down and nothing was um, like, nothing was electric in this either. It was all manual. So we're like rolling the windows down and um, had the heat on. I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Like my car is going to die. One, but- one time I was in the, the Target parking lot and I was backing out of a spot and I had to shift it from reverse into first gear and it fucking broke. So weird. The, like, plastic piece that connects the shifter to like the doohickey dude that moves in and out of the gears. The little yeah. piece that holds those two pieces together, broken. What did I you could do? Slap my my shifter and it would just bounce like there was there was nothing. Um, Freak out. It was stuck. It was stuck in first gear. My friend was with me in heels, mind you, she was in heels, and all I needed her to do was keep her foot on the clutch. You know what I mean, so that I could push it. And there was something else involved, but I was like, literally, all you need to do is steer it. And I'll push the car back in. It was a small car. It was a, you know, a little SC2 flippy light thing. But I was like, just steer it. And I, I needed her to keep the foot on the clutch for some reason. I think, oh, because it's something to do with the, I don't remember exactly why, but whatever. She didn't want to do it. She's like, no, 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 you do that. I'll push the car. She pushed my car back into the parking spot. Why well, I had to call for a tow company because I couldn't use my car. <laughs> it was stuck in gear. It was great. Oh my God. Yeah. I had to get my Saturn towed a couple of times. I don't miss that car. <laughs> I think it might have been to keep my car. It might have been to keep the car running. I think it was cold out. I think it was cold out. We needed to keep my car running. And because it was stuck in gear, you had to keep the clutch pressed in. Otherwise, the car would stall. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was such a pain in the ass. Oh, my God. And I, I got that fixed and I had the car for several more years. <laughs> same like i always got mine fixed there were a couple of years where i wasn't even getting it like legally inspected until finally because like justin would always just take care of it because we didn't have all this money and i knew that it needed work to be done until he came every every tax return went into the car yeah i never never had money my tax return paid for the car same thing because i got mine around that time i remember but i remember justin came home one night and he said that the cop stopped him took the stickers off he said these these look like you found them in a crackerjack box because they were like peeling or something they weren't Uh like legit stickers and i didn't even know it like he was always taking the car as it was because i live so close to work so i would just walk so um they didn't take the car from us they gave us a ticket though i had to pay the ticket off then they said go get your car taken care of it costs so much money that for them to fix my car only for me to sell it back to them after I got the Explorer and he didn't even buy it for me for that much money, but I was driving it the first year that I worked. And, um, I was so nervous. Like when Justin went hunting the first time that, that Thanksgiving, he took the Volvo because we didn't have, we didn't have the Explorer at the time. He took the Volvo and I took the Saturn because the Volvo was the better car. And I drove to work in the Saturn and Jamie, I was so nervous that it was going to like die on me, but it was totally fine. They said you could drive to Florida if you wanted, but I mean, he's, they're fucking liars anyway. So right. I, I, uh, I sold it to my friend for like a hundred or 200 bucks. He was totally aware of every single issue. Right. But 
So I had a new car at this point. Well, new to me, it was a, it was a Hyundai or a Hyundai tomato, tomato. I don't know, but it was a Hyundai. I don't even remember. I think it was an accent. And so I was driving that for a little bit before I went and I took the Saturn to, to his place so that he could, you know, we swap titles and, or, you know, sign the title over or whatever. And, uh, I just remember driving that thing and going, oh my God how did I drive this every single day? This thing's fucking dangerous. Like from going and driving a newer car to driving that thing. It was, uh, it was quite the experience because I really realized it put into perspective, just what a, what a possibly dangerous vehicle it was that I was driving every single day of my life. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, I was really driving this so much. Uh, but anyway, so Dawson might get an exploder. Oh, explorer. So, Mitch isn't happy that Gal just went and got Dawson the Explorer. He wanted to go and get a joint car for him, I guess. And he says he wishes that he was just able to be a part of the decision. And when they walked out on the porch, Gal kind of left the door open a little bit, like a crack. So Dawson's sitting at the table listening to them argue. And he's like so like blase about it he's just sitting there eating his breakfast dinner (laughs) and he's just like watching them just like oh they're talking about giving me a gift that's what it that's what it reminded me of or that's what it made me think of so gal reminds mitch that even though he no longer lives there that the bills still keep coming in and he agrees with gal and he tells her that he put the restaurant plans on hold and he applied to work as a teacher at the high school and gal's just super annoyed Mitch getting a job like a big boy so proud I don't understand he wasn't working this whole time no he's been planning about this restaurant that never actually you know went anywhere he's always planning and and I don't think he's worked this entire job I don't think he actually brought in income that was an issue that was happening before when all the stuff really started going with them because she was the breadwinner and she brought all the money in and while she entertained his plans and ideas nothing was ever coming from it so I don't think that he worked at all until now. It's very weird. I guess for our culture, it's semi-backwards because usually it's the woman who stays home, at least, you know, from circa 1954. <laughs> I'm Well, I'm just confused on... he. So he leaves his wife because she was cheating. They were sort of get, like semi-getting along, but he still divorces her. How's he paying for the divorce? How does he have money? Because I remember when they went on the charter on an uncharted water waters or whatever he told dawson that he had some savings or whatever but Mm -hmm. i guess all of that went into the restaurant and the building which he's living at but now he acknowledges that he's not helping with the bill still and yeah he's not like contributing as much as he should be contributing maybe i guess yeah so he might have some kind or he's just living off of whatever savings he accumulated until he gets his business on its feet but i don't uh i don't know because I, I feel like that was a question that i had at one point when he moved out into that building was how is he paying for everything because it was always posted yeah. that he doesn't pay for anything so um Sorry. i don't know but good for him <laughs> you would have thought he would have just stayed with gail my stuff like that like i don't sharing you know what i mean stuff is one thing but i don't think i could ever put full responsibility of like my my vehicles or you know anything like that onto another person and just expect them to take my stuff like i just i don't know that gives too much control to somebody else and i have a problem with that well i never saw gal as being so worried about it i think she 
No, I think she makes probably and like plenty of money for everybody to survive without a problem and yeah. live comfortably. I think she makes plenty of money for it. And they probably had that conversation and said, look, I'm clearly the breadwinner. If you want to figure out this like restaurant thing, go ahead. But well, they've obviously been together for a really long time. I'm not knocking it. If that's something that they agreed to do, then that's cool. I just don't think that I could ever give up. Even if I was like married and at home raising the kids, I don't think I could ever give up that kind of freedom. You know what I mean? For somebody else to have control of like my transportation, you know what I mean? Any of that. I feel like there's a like some independent for it. I think that's probably what it is. If you have an understanding with each other and you've been with each other for a long time, I think that it doesn't really matter. But I feel like he started to get after she cheated on him, like she sort of held all the cards and maybe he was like, I have no say in any of this now. Like, I, I can't even like take care of my son now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just a very weird storyline that he's just not capable of helping financially to his kid. Um, yeah, but it's, I mean, if if we were paying attention to any of their interactions, especially when the infidelity came forward or whatever you want to call it, there's been hints in their conversation about oh, yeah. how he's just not financially where he should be at his age. Yeah. He's living, you know, rat boy or high schooler i guess (laughs) yeah gal's been very vocal about how she takes care of everything Mm -hmm. i don't know it's um i don't know what's bothering me about it it's just why would maybe it's like he he knew that gal was the breadwinner they were trying to work it out after she had the affair he could have just stayed with her out of spite just to help him get himself back on his feet Just to get her back, but he doesn't sound like he's that petty. <laughs> no, he's no, I mean, he's pretty petty with some of the shit that he says, but um, it's just very surprising to me that he decided to divorce her and there's no like alimony or anything. I don't know, I guess they don't really care. Oh, maybe there is, we just we don't know, or maybe it's just how that whatever like decision. I don't know why I care so much. It's not like they sat down and explained their, you know, the rules for their divorce. I'm so invested in their relationship. They're not going to be like, all right, let's have this meeting, you know, with the lawyers and who's getting what and when and how much and how is this getting divided or is it all gales? You know, I mean, we we never got that information. So these are questions we're never really going to know. You know, I feel like I'm you now. But the best thing is, though, is that Gal wanted wanted to stay in the marriage. So she was willing to continue being the breadwinner, taking care of him, as long as it meant that they would stay together. Like, she fully admitted that she made a mistake. It's weird to me that he, like, they couldn't work on it, maybe. Like, she had one, not saying it's okay to cheat on your partner or whatever, but, like, she full-on admitted to what she did. And they went to therapy, and she was, like, so sorry for what she did it was weird to me that he just couldn't get past that but i don't know be like elsa and let it go <laughs> let it i go. mean he, he doesn't have to forget it but i don't know i guess I that kind of stuff know. just changes you too i don't know it, but, it does it it definitely ch- does it'll it'll harden your heart and make shit more difficult on yourself in the future that's for sure all right well we are now at the ice house with joey and pacey and they are favorite people (laughs) (laughs) they're planning dawson's surprise party 
and um, they're going over the plan to get him back to the house without him realizing that there's an actual party happening. And Joey's not very confident in her party planning. Pacey tells her that he's sure it'll be fantastic. And he says, it'll be the party to end all parties. From now on, the Leary house will be known as the Delta House of Capeside. And Joey says she doesn't know why she's so nervous. She's never planned a party before. And then we see Jack enter the scene and he looks at Joey, who just totally ignores him. And then he leaves. Pacey sort of acknowledges him by like smiling at him. He like does the little, the man nod. Yeah, like. (laughs) And Pacey asks Joey how she's doing with the whole Jack thing. And Joey says, everyone keeps asking me that in these solemn tones. Like I've just come down with a terminal disease. And she tells Pacey that Jack is the one going through something. And she says at first it was a shock, but she's fine now. And I wrote, she does a lot of face acting. She does a lot of face acting in this episode, lately in these episodes. And then she walks away. So Jack is outside setting up tables. And we see Abby walk in with two new friends that we've never met before. And she asks Jack if they're serving lunch. And he says, yeah, in 10 minutes, he seats them and he hands them menus And her one friend recognizes Jack and asks him if he's that guy, the first guy to come out in Cape Side. And she says, the guy who wrote the poem. And Abby says, in the flesh. And then she introduces her friends, Kelly and Tracy, to Jack. And Abby calls him Cape Side's no longer ambiguous resident. So her friend Tracy, who, by the way, is played by, I don't know if you know this actress. I'm not betting that you do. But she, her name is Joanna Garcia. She played the oldest daughter in Reba. Did you ever watch the Reba show? Yeah, but I only remember the redhead's face and Reba and the, the goofy husband. Oh, yeah. He was married. She was married to the goofy husband. The blonde. Was she blonde? Yeah, I think okay. so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, was it was her? I would have never I know. connected that. <laughs> I didn't even recognize her either until she started talking. And I was like, is that the girl from Reva? And I looked up IMDb. It's her. So she's playing Tracy. She tells Jack that she thinks it's great that Jack came out at 16. And she tells him that she watched Ellen and she didn't come out until she was 40. <laughs> it's like, what? Ellen was 40 when she came out? I don't think that's true. And I haven't died it. Fact check it. I didn't either, but I thought that was funny. Jack is just trying to get their drink order. He like doesn't feel like listening to them talk. And her other friend, Kelly, says that Jack is the first actual gay person that she's ever met. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Jack's the first for everybody in this town. And Abby says it's a waste because Jack's a total babe. I wrote, Abby's hair looks really weird. And I also think she's up to something because she's being super, super nice to Jack in this whole episode and giving him a lot of like the confidence, I guess. She came out in 97, and she was born in 78. Ellen wasn't born in 1978. Ellen's oh, way no, older than that. You're back if I'm looking at the wrong thing. Sorry. <laughs> she was 58. <laughs> she was born in 58. Yeah. Maybe so, she was 40. That's weird. Yeah. Right. 60, 70, 80, 97. So, yeah, she was like 39, 40. Yeah. yeah. I guess I she was right. I never thought she was that old when she did it. Um. Jack says he would take that as a compliment from Abby if it wasn't coming from Satan. And she tells him that he's got her all wrong and that she's not even one of his helpers. She tells him that they got off on the wrong foot and she may have been flawed in the past, but sometimes people can surprise you. She says, you of all people should know a little bit about that yourself. 
she's being like overly friendly with him. Yeah, um, she's certainly trying. So now we're with Andy and her new therapist. Because do you remember in the last episode, his leading lady? Well, not the last episode, but in his leading lady, when Pacey found her prescription of Xanax. Yes. She said she told him that her doctor was taking her off of it and wanted her to go talk to somebody. Yes. So I was glad that they followed back up with that because now she's with her actual therapist. Her therapist says that it looks like Andy's had a lot on her shoulders for a 16-year-old girl. And Andy tells her that she felt like the most likely candidate to try to keep her family together after her brother died and her mom got sick. And she uses the analogy of juggling a lot of balls in the air. And if she dropped one, then they'd all come crashing down. So that's when she would start worrying about everything and have panic attacks. And she's starting to get like super hyper with the therapist. So the therapist tries to calm Andy down and she asks her to forget about saving everyone for a minute. She wants to know what Andy wants. What does she wish for for herself? And Andy says she wishes that she could get rid of all of her worries. And she wishes that she was one of those people who just sail through life. And she wants to be one of those people who does what makes her happy. Yeah, but I mean, like, how much fun can one really have if they're just sailing right along without any bumps along the way? Well, I guess in her case, she just literally worries about everything. Yeah. Bumps are too many, too much, too big. I mean, let's be honest. Like, you're going to worry about stuff. It doesn't matter what it is you're gonna worry about stuff i mean i worry about everything too but like i think it took a while for me to learn how to not make it so monumental to the point of like stressing about every little thing you have to like take things as they are sometimes and realize that next week it's not going to matter because it's going to be something else and if you allow yourself to like change the way you think about things then things do get a little bit easier you know it's not like everything is catastrophic i completely agree there's nothing like freaking out and you're getting more and more worked up but you just have to kind of take a breath and be like is this feeling worth it for this never worth it and the answer is probably going to be no nope it's never world Mm -mm. take a breath take five minutes take a walk and then collect yourself because i've had to do that too where you get so like overwhelmed and frazzled you just kind of like Sometimes you just got to sit there and just let it disappear. Yeah. So it's when I, when I watched Andy in this scene, it made me feel a little sad for her because she really is taking on the responsibility of like parent and child. And there's like no line, you know, and I blame her father. Her father should really be taking care of everything. Yep. He's the only one that gets to, you know, he's the only one that's not dealing with. No. At least as far as he's not dealing with anything. But his job that's we'll find out later is going down the toilet. Yeah, he's just letting his kids just like deal with everything while he's I guess just throwing money at them. I don't know. So like processes things. He just buries himself into work and everybody else just fend for yourself. He's avoiding. That's called avoidance. Yeah. He's avoiding life. Okay. Anyway, sorry. You can't always avoid either because that's not good. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. um so her therapist prescribes andy one night of imperfection so when the therapist says she's going to prescribe her something i think andy thought she was going to give her another pill i thought she was going to give her drugs too yeah and you could see in her face that she was like not happy about it but 
them just taking her off of her medication is not normal either because she would still she would still need her medicine probably have to like wean her off yeah but if she's not even learning how to deal with handling panic attacks like that medicine xanax is like specifically used for that type of situation like if you can't calm down it calms you down but um I don't think it was right that they just, unless she just said, I don't want to be on Xanax anymore because it makes me feel weird. But like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting too into the show. <laughs> we so, are creakers. We're creek talkers. <laughs> so we're back at the ice house. Bessie tells Joey that she can leave early if she wants. She knows that she has to get ready for Dawson's party. So Joey says it won't take her long to get ready. It's not like she has to get all gussied up for anyone, seeing as though I've turned Jack off to women completely. And Bessie tells her that she knows that's not true. And Joey says she knows intellectually it has nothing to do with her, but what does she do now? So Bessie, being the smarter, better, older sister, she tells her to paint. And she says you concentrate on your art and yourself. She says, you broke up with Dawson and jumped right into a relationship with Jack. And she reminds Joey that she broke up with Dawson for a reason. And that reason was to find herself. So maybe this is a chance for her to do what she set out to do in the first place. And I was like, that's great advice. It's fantastic advice. Way to go, Bess. And in walks Dawson Leary. He wants to talk to Joey. So they leave. So now we cut to Jen and Ty. And he's wrapping a present. This whole scene was weird. He's wrapping a present. Jen is behind him. She's like putting something in the sink. And he says he can feel her looking. And she's like not understanding what he's talking about. I always feel like somebody's watching me. (laughs) I didn't even write this stuff down in my notes. But... (laughs) But no, he does this whole conversation with her where he's like, practice. And he like stares at her with, she, he, she closes her eyes or something and he's like staring at her and he's like, can you feel me? And she's like, I can feel you. And he's like, you're getting better. It was so weird. So then they start making out and like, they're really enjoying it. And then he stops her because he says, Graham's in the other room and it's 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And she's sort of like taken aback by it, you know? I'm like torn about Ty in this episode because I I understand his like personal beliefs on certain activities before you're married and I can get that but what I don't like is how it was delivered in such a way that it made Jen basically feel like crap like he did not handle the situation well so like while I understand and can feel for him a little bit on how everything kind of blew up. First of all, you probably should have known because Jen is not the type of person that really cares too much whether or not she has a virginity by the time she's married. Obviously, it's that ship has sailed. But um, like I understand his point of view, but at the same time, it just their conversation didn't go very well, and that's why a lot of and now I remember more why I was not a big Ty fan. Ty reminds me of a married guy who's really religious and he hates gay people but he sleeps with men behind his wife's back that's what he reminds me of i'm not saying ty's gay i'm just using that analogy he's just somebody who is just very hateful and he's just a hypocrite and 
I understand he's the type of person who you think that would be he's so hateful but he's hateful because he's hateful at himself for yeah. being the way that he's, that he's secretly hiding I understand what you're trying to say yeah they almost make it's so funny they almost make being religious or being Christian and into being like a cult <laughs> in this episode they they do yeah well Graham saves the day about it later because Graham's is the only one that really matters Ty I think is he's more on the extreme end of uh the religion I guess where he's very kind of cut and dry yeah where Graham's is has a different worldview uh so it's nice to be able to see one religion all sides of it not every person is the same even if they have the same religion so um if you think about it it's really nice that they did it this way (laughs) I know no you're right (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He's just, um, I don't like Ty at all. The more I watched him and the more like in his scenes and stuff with Jen, with like, I can't explain it. Like his face changed to me. It was very just like. Well, he was, he was changing. You know what I mean? Because Jen's a very sensual person and it was tempting him. And we all know what they say about temptation and what happened with Adam and Eve. So yeah. you know it's, it's a sin <laughs> he is fighting with himself because he's fighting his own hormones and he's a guy that's just terrible it's a terrible way to live but i know that's what i mean it's, it's okay it's not my religion but if it's somebody else's religion and that's what they believe that's totally fine for you not for me <laughs> it's literally just built into the to somebody from birth it's weird that's like a cult sorry so we're back with Dawson and Joey. They're walking downtown. It's clearly cold out because they're all like bundled up. Joey's got on her like beanie. She asks Dawson if he remembers how they make a wish on the first snowfall. And Dawson tells her that the snow is so hopeful. And she tells him hope is good. And then she asks what his hope is. So he tells her that he hopes that they can get back to the way that they were. And she's like, me too, Dawson. I was thinking about this too. I really want to get us back on track with our friendship. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to start making out again and being boyfriend and girlfriend and being hot and heavy at, um, uh, what's that place called? The magic hour. Oh, oh, club, the jazz club. No, it looks like it's like Greece magic hour where he filmed, he was filming Jen acting oh that person's private property on the lake got it (laughs) they call it magic hour i don't know so it was magic hour because that was the hour that pacey got it on with the teacher (laughs) that's what i called that i don't know so yeah he's like he wants her back he tells her that he was so confused last night but the only thing that makes sense is her so she's doing a lot of her face acting again literally being like (sighs) Like, I, no, like, this isn't going to happen. Like, her facial expressions of loan, sh- alone should have, like, to him, <laughs> have been like, all right, she's not, ca- like, she's not following what I'm saying. I really, maybe I should stop while I'm ahead. But he just continues on and ignores it. It's so weird. If somebody was making those faces at me, when I, if I was telling them that I wanted to get back together. I'd, I'd be, be like, questioning what I'm saying. I'd be like, uh, uh, mm, I'd be like, uh, okay, so clearly you don't want to do this. You're not into it. Okay, I'm going to stop. So I'm not embarrassing myself anymore. No, I feel like at this point, Dawson just assumes he knows Joey like the back of his hand. And I mean, for the most part, he does. But Joey's been evolving as a person, you know, so he doesn't quite 
probably know her the way he thinks he knows her anymore so he's just seeing what he wants to see and he's just this is what's going to happen because this is how it's played out in my head and this is how all the movies work so if i just get it out there we're going to go back to the way things were and it's going to be all hunky-dory and peachy keen and uh obviously that's not how this goes yeah and he even gets a little bit of like he gets very bitchy at the end of the scene at the end of the scene he tells her that he feels that there's something still between them and he says that they're soulmates and when he said that I vomited in my mouth because I hate that term. And he tells her that the two of them are meant to be together. He says, period, the end. Cue the happy ending music. So then Joey reminds Dawson that he's wrong and that the reason she broke up with him was because she needed to figure herself out. He says, but you're willing to figure that out with Jack, but not with me. And he's such an asshole. Yeah, he gets real bitter after, you know, she's just like, no, this isn't happening, which we knew he was going to do. We knew he was going to do that. He's going to yeah, get he does, that. Yes, exactly what he does. She says they can't talk about this and he knows why. And he tells her that if they're not meant to be together, then he doesn't know anything. And she just doesn't say anything. She's literally just looking at him like just very confused. So then Dawson turns into the biggest fucking baby and says, I wouldn't count on snow today. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> the scene went on very long. I don't know what happened, but all I remember at the end of the scene, he gets really annoyed at her. And then he says that and he like just walks away. <laughs> Do you know what they were eating? They stopped at this, this little were peanuts. They were peanuts, like toast, roasted peanuts probably. Yeah. And they were peanuts. I was like, or what is maybe chestnuts. Or is it a chestnut? Are they roasting chestnuts on an open fire? I think there are peanuts. <laughs> I always remember them having peanuts during like the winter. They look time. like tater tots. Like they didn't look like peanuts to me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They were kind of thick and they were just eating them. They were like little balls or something. Were they I eating don't... them? I feel like they were just holding them. Well. I know at one point Joey just put they her. Had the in, they had the intention to eat them. I mean, he bought them and they're walking around with this little cup. They kind of reminded me of like uh, Annie Ann's, the little um, pretzel bites, you know? <laughs> But it was right. something else that looked a lot like tater tots, but I don't think that's what they were. I have no idea. Yeah, I think they that were. they were. I think that they were peanuts. So we are at the Learys now. Joey, Gail, and Bessie are all there setting up for Dawson's party. And Joey says to Bessie that she can't believe she's throwing a surprise party for someone who hates her. And Bessie just tells her to relax. Everything will work itself out. Everything will be fine. The way I see it, everything will be fine. <laughs> I wrote, I like Bessie's hair here. I didn't take notice to her hair, but it's so nice to nice to see Bess. I mean, it was the last yeah. time I saw her. It's oh, been a while. A while. And yeah. like Gail and Mitch were finally seeing some of like the other. We saw Bessie members. for like a hot second during mm-hmm. the Jack coming out episode, but her actually having interaction with Joey, I like that. Seeing their being sisters, you know. And when I saw Mitch and Gail, I was like, oh, they're back. It's been a while. <laughs> their little hiatus. Yeah, they're out banging whoever they want to bang. And they're like, let's just celebrate our son's birthday. (laughs) So Bessie tells Joey that Dawson is out enjoying his birthday with Pacey. And by the time Dawson gets to his party, he'll probably be in a great mood because he was being such a little bitch before. He'll be smashed. Shit face. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked up. (laughs) So we see that Pacey is with Dawson and Andy. They're in his dad's police cruiser. Andy's in the back and Dawson's in the passenger seat. And Andy says that she's always wanted to sit in the back seat of a cop car. And she asks Pacey to turn on the sirens and he says no. 
so she starts making like the the siren noise which is pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> she's like wee 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 <laughs> um i think that's what she does something like that yeah something noise like that so then she holds him to the cage in front of her and she says she says so this is what it's like when they cart you off to prison she's being really funny like one point she's like book him danio <laughs> yeah she's book him dano yeah that's no, an old that's an old reference <laughs> danny is a fish sorry <laughs> <laughs> book him danny <laughs> book him danny and they're like these little striped schooling fish <laughs> that's funny dawson says uh depends there's more than one prison there's the state regulated ones and then there's the ones you're trapped in when your life is going nowhere and everyone else around you seems to be moving forward and Pacey asks Dawson if he took his happy pill this morning. He says, no offense, but have you noticed my only birthday plans are to play third wheel to my friend and his girlfriend? And Pacey asks him to try and concentrate on the positives. So then Andy yells, stop the car. And Pacey slams on the brakes and he thinks that they hit something. She's like, make a U-turn. Um, I saw a really cool place back there. We should go. So Pacey asks her to keep her impulsive streak that she's trying to indulge in tonight from killing everybody in this car. She says, doctor's orders, you promised I could cut loose tonight. And he says, yes, I did, didn't I? Like, he's so thrilled. (laughs) He's like, great, this is what I'm gonna have to deal with later. I mean, he's being very supportive of her and he's like driving them and taking them out for his birthday. But he's also being very not fun. I don't think that he might necessarily agree with how Andy is taking the prescription from her therapist. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure her therapist did not mean getting drunk. Spontaneous. Well, they're, not, they're not there yet. Well, I know, but just the decisions that she makes as they go are just different. And I think between her, the way she's behaving now and the fact that Dawson's been like a big grump all day. Yeah. It's probably starting to weigh on Pacey. That's true. He's probably like, I don't feel like dealing with these people right now. I probably just, he probably just wants to go home. He's been dealing with Dawson's mood since the prior night, right? The prior night for his whole life. (laughs) Right. But I mean, especially (laughs) since last night. And then now he's got, you know, his, his wonderful girlfriend who's high strung and we love her just kind of acting off the wall too. And then, you know what I mean? So I I think at this point, probably let's let's cut the man some slack okay yeah he's <laughs> been studying a lot he's he's dealing with spitting in a teacher's face he's being cape side biggest crusader for the gay community yeah you the know. man's got a lot going on too poor pacey you know let's give credit where credit's I, due okay? i the take it back he's just tired because he's being a really good person to the community exactly. it's exhausting <laughs> it's not even it's nature no. <laughs> and he's very charming i have to say so he's very charming see we love Casey. jamie loves Casey. so now we cut to jack walking into dawson's party and he has new hair so abby and her new friends are all standing by the door when he walks in and tracy tells jack that he looks amazing and abby says wow it's like the transformation from john boy to john john was all in a jar of dippity doo <laughs> and he tells her it's no big deal he just put a little gel in his hair she says i guess you get gay you get style abby was so fucking weird in this episode with I all the talk i was like jippity do what the hell is that and i like i just wanted to use that term all the time jippity do 
What? I've never even heard that before. I guess you got gay, you get style. No, not every gay guy has style. First of all, look, I think I dress pretty comfortably for myself as a gay man. I don't wear fucking labels like some gay guys do. I think it's weird. Bougie. You're just not bougie. I'm not. It's not my thing. My favorite jeans are Wranglers from Walmart because they fucking fit me really good. I will never spend $100 on jeans, okay? I don't even want to spend $50 on jeans, but I will if they make me feel good. But I buy clothes from all over. I don't understand. Like, I will never be, like, clothes poor. I don't make money to go buy a $400 sweater. That's not realistic to me. It's weird. I don't know. I won't even buy a $400 purse. I mean, that could be an investment though. Like if it's like a name brand thing, but like for me, because if I'm going to wear out of it that expensive, I'm not going to want to use it. You know what I mean? Like a purse, I'm, I, my bags get destroyed because I am, I'm not like a gentle person when it comes to my stuff, unless it's technology that I baby but like my purses like I'm I'm rough I'm kind of tomboyish in that kind of way like I'm really not like a super girly person but technology I'll baby I'll have that forever <laughs> I have that tablets like what was it how much how old did I say my tablet was the first gen kindle fire yeah like you said that was 2001 wow. I think that thing still works like it's perfect I'm so. the same way I just take care of my stuff and yeah but like I, if I go on Instagram and then there's just like a bunch of different like gay guy accounts that pop up as like things I may be interested in and they're all like, like Sad. manufactured. It's weird to me. I don't get it. It's not my thing. And they all like, they all have like the same body type. I'm like, no, I want to, I like a fat guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to be with like a fat dude. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> You're like the cuddly bear type. Yeah. I'm not saying Justin's fat at all. He, Justin's a bigger guy. He's bigger than me, obviously. But like, he, he always has been. Not obviously, he just has always been bigger than me. But I think guys who have muscles and stuff, they're obviously hot. But that wouldn't be my first guy to be interested in. I would want somebody who wasn't so like, because that guy's looking at themselves in the mirror all the time. That's not somebody I would want to be with. You know, I don't know. I get you. And I want somebody who's like normal. I don't want somebody who's like eating fucking protein shakes, drinking protein shakes every day and having, you know what bothers me a lot? (laughs) Can they make me a smoothie in the process of their protein shake? Protein powder is so disgusting. I can't get it. They can keep their protein. I want a smoothie. There is nothing more, nothing that turns me off more than if I'm on Twitter or, or any social media account. And I see like a hot guy and they're like, it's a Sunday afternoon. And they're like, starting my Sunday, right? Going to the gym. Look, I've gone to the gym on a Sunday, but I don't like post about it. I just go to the gym because it makes me feel good. But the people that are like, yeah, start your week off on your Sunday and go to the gym. I'm going to the gym on Sunday. That to me is so fucking weird. I don't understand it. It's like gym culture. I don't get it. It's not even gym culture or whatever. It's just... There are generational where they just update every aspect of their life. Yeah, like, that's true. You go on my Facebook and I mostly just repost what cat videos or random book stuff that I like. The only thing that I ever really post is if I'm listening to music or I'm watching a show and I don't even remember to do that half the time. Uh, 
we're just not the type of people to constantly have to post about our lives and our updates, but there are people out there. That's all they do. I know. Constant sharing. It's a lot of work. It's unnecessary. I'm pretty sure that nobody really gives a shit what I do every day. No. For a while, a long time ago, I was on this app called Foursquare or something like that. That sounds familiar. It would always make you do what you're saying, like update where you're at and stuff. And I was doing it just out of habit. And I was just like, why am I doing this? I don't want people to know where I'm at. I remember that, but I don't think I ever downloaded it though. But I remember. Yeah, but I was like, I don't want people to know where I'm at all the time. This is weird. And then I just stopped. And I was like, nobody cares where I'm at. (laughs) You can like share, uh, is it on Facebook or somewhere like that? Or maybe it's on Snapchat or whatever your location. Yeah, you can Snapchat Snapchat people by you. And I'm like, I hid mine. I don't want to (laughs) know. Yeah, because you see your like little bit emoji on the map. But I I hid mine because I was like, I don't want people to know where I'm at all the time. I I, I don't use Snapchat enough anyways, but um, I don't do any of that. Yeah, I don't use Snapchat that often either. I've been sending them to Adriana now because she has Snapchat now. In like my mid-20s, I would take goofy videos while I was driving and singing and send them to like my roommate. Um, But like, I don't do any of that. Like, I don't even take selfies very often anymore. Like, I I used to be all about it. I would do my hair and makeup, just take pictures all day because apparently I had nothing better to do with my time. (laughs) Because when you get older, it's like not important. It's just like, you think it's important because you see everybody doing it. But then when you see everybody doing it, you're like, why am I doing this? It's so stupid. I liked it because I I did it because I liked it. It was fun. And I just liked tweaking pictures and stuff. And I mean, I've taken those skills and I've, just put them in something else yeah. um it's not selfies and you guys don't see my face anymore you just see my books <laughs> well i started an OnlyFans page so everybody can see me in full content <laughs> <It's> like um <laughs> uh, so now all three girls are just standing directly in front of jack and abby tells them that she wishes she snagged him one sexual preference ago so then jack just walks away so now we see jen putting dawson's gift on a table and we see Ty behind her and she suddenly realizes that he's staring at her and she says hello Ty and she turns around and she's excited to see him and he's all happy as well and he tells her she's learning and they start kissing and he and he just shuts it down again he's like stop kissing me she says okay explanation and he says they're getting closer now and she's like I know it's called dating but he says he knows but when does it stop and she's like are you kidding ty are you dating doesn't stop until you're married i mean i don't know i think he means we're dating we're getting closer but where do you draw the line where we don't cross that line right as he's basically this episode is about him drawing a line in the sand and jen not liking the line pretty much yeah Jen's still on her own on her own show though. That's the that's the other thing. Yeah. And like I like I said before, that's why like I understand where he's coming from. And I'm slightly I mean, I understand Jen too, but I don't like the way that it was delivered. And I think that was kind of the point because the way that he made her feel about it. So So he tells her that she turns him on, and the closer they get, the more she turns him on. She asks him if that's such a bad thing, and he's concerned that things could get out of hand. So she tells him that they've barely made out. And he's already worried about things getting out of hand. So she tells him it's sweet in a very 1956 sort of way. Then they start making out again. Now we're back with Andy and Dawson and Pacey. It looks like they're at the club that Ty 
took them to. I'm assuming that's where they were. I don't know. They didn't very, make yeah, a move there. All right. So Andy takes off her coat and she's wearing a very red dress. She looks really good. Pacey says, what have you done with my girlfriend? And you and you even messaged me earlier. She said, Hol-, you were like, holy body glitter. <laughs> holy body glitter. Listen, I've had body glitter in my days. I'm pretty sure I still got a, I got a whole bottle of roll-on body glitter downstairs somewhere. I still have it. Okay. But she was like extra with it. It was all over her shoulders and the tops of her arms, her entire chest, and like probably up to her neck. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like up to her eyeballs. I didn't see any on her face. But, you know, they did that. She looks but good though. She looked great. That dress looked fantastic on her. She got her hair. Her hair is curly. I don't know. She. It's so funny with Meredith Monroe. Like she's so much older than them, but she really does look like a sixteen-year-old because she because she acts the part. Yeah, she. Yeah, she's fantastic. So Andy tells him that she's been here all along, just trapped beneath the bandage of Gap clothing and a good girl complex. So Pacey says the good girl complex was part of her charm. And she says, part of my charm, not all of it. So she reminds Pacey that her therapist wants her to let her it out to breathe some fresh air for an evening. So Dawson looks super annoyed and he asked Andy what exactly she's letting out. And Andy says, it's her id. It's the part of you that holds your purest impulses. And it doesn't judge or care what anyone thinks. It just wants what it wants. So Dawson asks her what she thinks it wants. And she says, it's about letting go of all your preconceived notions and how you're supposed to talk or how you're supposed to behave, even just letting loose for once. So Dawson says he could learn something about letting loose. He says, look at me, I'm sitting in a bar drinking a straight Coke. And Andy tells him that they could do it together if he wants. It might be good for both of them to get a little wild. So Pacey gets up to go to the bathroom and the waitress comes over and asks if they need anything else. So Andy says she'll have another Coke but could the bartender put a little more rum in it? So she looks over Dawson and he plays along and he does the same thing. So the waitress apologizes and says she'll have the bartender double up on the shots in the next round to make up for it. So wait, before I get to the next line, the only thing I thought of was like, these drinks are going to be so expensive. Like who's paying for them? <laughs> I don't know. And you know what? It never gets brought up at all. Ever. He throws yeah. money at the table on the table. Then, it, then they leave. It's so weird. So we don't even know if they shorted them, if they gave them the right amount. They're just oh. like, here's the money, we're out. They didn't even, they didn't even tip her. <laughs> so Ooh. Andy gets so excited and asks Dawson if he's ever drank before. And, and he says, never. And she says, me neither. And then she calms herself down because she doesn't want to be like noticeable. It was really funny. That's when Meredith oh, Monroe was like so good at this part. So we're back at Dawson's party. Jack is on the porch and Abby comes out to talk to him. She asks him, how does it feel being the one who set this Hamlet on its heels? And he wants to know why she keeps talking to him. And he tells her he doesn't like her. She says, nobody likes me. I'm an outcast. Welcome to the club. So she tells him there's no such thing as gay anyway. It's just a weird label. People come up, came up with to persecute the normal inclination to go both ways. He stops himself and he asks her what she's talking about. She says, we're all bisexual, don't you think? We're all just sexual animals under God. This puritanical society would make you think our natural impulses are something to be ashamed of when it's really those kind of attitudes that are the embarrassment. So she's confusing the fuck out of Jack now because <laughs> he's so like easily manipulated, I guess. I don't know. The fact that he's even listening to her right now. I'm like, I know. Him. Walk away from the, the Satan's bond. <laughs> I don't <laughs> just... know. Yeah, I don't get it. 
Um, he had nobody else to talk to, I guess. So he just wanted to listen to Abby's nonsense. Now we're back at the club and we hear this terrible singer on stage singing Fever. And the waitress comes by and they order another round. The guy on stage, I guess he's the DJ. I don't know what he is. He's like the leader of the band. I don't know. He makes an announcement about how it's like open mic night and he wants somebody to get up and sing the blues. So Pacey asks them how many Cokes they're going to have tonight. And Andy doesn't even look at him. And we see Dawson make this like really goofy face, which clearly said he was drinking. (laughs) But they hear that it's open mic night. So they both get up on stage and they sing the blues. It's so funny. So Dawson gets up. He starts singing first. And I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read the lines to a song. He says, my name is Dawson Leary and I'm feeling kind of weary. Today is my birthday and y'all look a little bleary. The girl that I cared for left me and ran away straight into the arms of a guy who turned out to be gay. I got the blues. Today I woke up feeling like I was born to lose. Yeah, I got the blues. Some days you were born to lose. Now, Andy says, my name is Andy and my brother's the one who's gay. My other brother died and my daddy went away. But I'm still Andy, and my boyfriend makes me Randy. His name is Pacey, and my mom's gone completely crazy. I got the play. <laughs> she are, I she was really funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I have this on a CD somewhere with the sound clip. I, I'm going to try to incorporate it into this episode. Somehow. I think that'd be odd. I think that'd be hysterical. Well, we'll just go on pause for a second. Let everybody just listen to the, the lyrics if you can. Yeah, they're up there singing the blues. He, there's a whole other part. It's They get a standing ovation. It's really funny. Pacey does not look happy. He's trying to drag them out and they want to stay. Andy asks what he wants to do next. And we see Pacey take a swig of the Coke that's on the table. And he now realizes that they've been drinking rum and Cokes all night. So the waitress comes by and they try to order more drinks. And they're both clearly drunk. She says that the bartender wants her to check their IDs before serving them anything else. So Andy says, you should have done that five drinks ago because we're 16 years old. (laughs) So (laughs) she gets up now and she's like right in front of the waitress and she's telling the waitress she broke the law. And at this point, we see Pacey just throw money on the table And Andy's telling the waitress that Paisy's father is the town sheriff and he could have the whole place shut down. And she's like, you don't even know if this is a sting operation. This could be a sting operation. (laughs) So, so Paisy like literally drags them both out. It was a really funny scene. I do remember this watching it from back, back then. I always thought this was a funny episode. The whole thing with them singing the blues. I I do remember like loving Andy. (laughs) All right, so now we're back at Dawson's party. Mitch tells Gal that the Explorer is beautiful, but he always thought Dawson's first car would be an old jalopy like he had, but it really wasn't his decision. Gal tells him that a lot of things that came with the marriage are her decisions lately, except, of course, the decision about the marriage itself. We cut to the Explorer, and a hand comes up in the window, which reminded me of Titanic. I was like, this show is taking a lot of liberties with the fucking movie Titanic lately. (laughs) We see that it's Jen and Ty. They're making out. He stops her yet again. And now she's really upset. And he tells her that he's sorry. And she says, you should be. He says, this isn't entirely my fault. And I said, shut the fuck up, Ty. Like, you don't say that to somebody. 
especially the girl that you're like offending. Right. And she's really mad now. And she asks what role she's playing in his personal inner struggle. And he tells her that she's tempting him. And she tells him that's a load of crap. So he says, and as much as he's attracted to her, he doesn't believe in premarital sex. And no matter what she says or does, she's not going to convince him that it's right. She says, who said anything about sex? So she gets out of the car and he says, he just means with her history, kissing isn't just kissing. It leads to other things. And she says, my history. He tells her that there are types of people as just as I'm likely to be found in church on Sunday. Then Jen cuts him off and she says, I'm more of a Saturday night slut. (laughs) I'm more of a Saturday night slut. (laughs) Yeah, I get what she was trying to say. No, I understood it too, but um she's right he tells her that he didn't say that she says and how come i have never felt more like one so then she walks away and i wrote ty's disgusting so now we see jack standing by himself on the stair jack's like by himself in this episode the whole time just like lingering around the party not talking to anybody waiting for abby to come up to him and just spew her weird garbage I mean, he didn't really have any friends to begin with, you know what I mean? And then he had Joey, and that's pretty much all he had. We never really see him with anybody else. So if he's not talking to Joey or Joey's not talking to him, really, because they're awkward right now, he really doesn't have anybody else. So I guess it makes sense that he's hanging out with the only people that are interested. You should try to talk to Mitch. Maybe Mitch can turn gay, and then the two of them can just have, like, a hot relationship together. (laughs) He just needs to meet Casey's older brother. (laughs) Soon. Soon, child. Soon. (laughs) um so abby goes over to talk to jack and he asks her if she really thinks it's true about what she was saying earlier about having bisexual inclinations and she says absolutely so they're in dawson's room now and abby says that the dawson and joeys of the world are pretty advanced for their age in other ways but with all the time they spend contemplating their navels you'd think that they'd be a little more open to possibilities And they both look at their belly buttons and she tells her maybe she's not Satan after all. She tells them us outcasts have to learn to stick together. So they look like they're about to start kissing and we cut to Joey walking down the steps with popcorn. She's got like a bowl of popcorn or something. And she's like walking down the steps and all of a sudden we see Dawson just barge in and yell surprise. And Joey tells Pacey that he's late and the party is is a complete disaster, which I don't think it was a disaster. It looks like people are having fun. Yeah, everybody seemed to be having a good time. So I agree. So Joey asks if they're drunk. And PC says that they got past him with the rum and Cokes. Uh, We see Dawson and Andy get up on the table, the kitchen table, and they start dancing. And PC and Joey are trying to get them down off the table. And Joey's trying to lead Dawson upstairs. She's got a cup of coffee in her hand. She doesn't want his parents to see him all drunk. And he looks at her and he says, he's got the blues. And he says, do you know anything about the blues? And she says, more than I care to. So she opens the door. They're in Dawson's room now. And they see Jack and Abby making out. And she literally drops the cup of coffee. You don't see it like break or hear it break or anything, but you do hear it fall. Yeah. And Dawson starts cracking up laughing and he starts doing his blues riff again. He says, the guy I was talking about who said he was gay got a new hairdo and he decided to swing both ways. (laughs) (laughs) So Joey leaves, Jack runs after her and she just says, I can't deal with this right now. 
there was a cute scene too where he where Dawson was on his bed singing and Abby looks at him and just laughing at him the entire time (laughs) she's like well this sounds like a turn of events you know this was an an unexpected turn of events to be able to see him like lose control I know it is a really cute scene with him rolling around on the bed singing and her just laughing at him I I literally liked it I thought it was adorable that was realistic (laughs) too yeah oh totally so we see Jack on the stairs he's chasing Joey but Joey's already gone Abby's behind Jack now and we hear Abby tell her friends that Jack's not so gay anymore and he looks at them and he says more gay than ever more gay than ever yeah. <laughs> more so gay than ever <laughs> more I need more cock than ever <laughs> <laughs> so we are with Gail now she knows that Dawson's home and she pulls out Dawson's cake and she says it's like perfect timing um do you want to make a wish or whatever and he's standing next to her and she says are you have you been drinking oh yeah so he's like it's time to make a wish okay so now this is when i full-on related to Dawson leary in his drunken state (laughs) because when i get drunk i can get really fucking nasty sometimes and just be really rude to people for no reason other than um i've got a lot of stuff on my mind sometimes (laughs) but dawson says he wishes that his mom never slept with her co-anchor he wishes that his father would stop talking about getting a job and actually go out and get one he wishes that they would stop their petty bickering and at least pretend to be the adults around here he wishes that Pacey would end this transformation in the do-gooder, a student, an all-around sanctimonious teen angel, and just go back to what he does best, which is make me feel good about my life because his is supposed to be worse. That burnt. That felt, I felt for Pacey when he said that. I was like, yeah, it was fucked up. I was like, if I was, and he got his composure with it too. Like he didn't react at all. He's just like, okay, Dawson. But I feel like while they're friends and stuff like that i feel like pacey kind of also just assumes that maybe somewhere some on some level deep down that dawson does kind of feel that way probably so then he gets the gen and he says and then there's jen lindley with her drunkenness and her evolving boyfriends and her wild wicked face i want to party with you <laughs> she kind of like smiles <laughs> And Jack McPhee, who likes guys, but doesn't mind stealing my girlfriend. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, starring in his very own version of In and Out. He's in, he's out. He's in, he's out. He's in, he's out. He's in, he's out. (laughs) That was funny. And then he says, nice hair, by the way. And then, of course, there's my Joey. My sweet, precious Joey. The only 16-year-old in the world who needed to find herself. That's okay. I accept that. So then he starts looking around like he can't find well, joey joey where are you joey under the table around the corner over behind people on the other side of the room joey you're such like, an asshole she's like stop dawson stop he is an so, asshole while he's drinking needless to say the entire i mean certain stuff that he was saying was kind of funny but some of it was like you're striking nerves you're gonna have like no friends left by the time this is over like calm down i liked what she said to him at the end but we'll we'll get to it when she does so he grabs Joey and he leans in to start kissing her and she totally backs away from him. 
she rejects him and she pushes him off of her and he lands face first into his own birthday cake and andy starts she's started she's like it was so funny and then we see just uh, um like everybody just start doing the same thing they're just laughing at him honestly i thought he got his just desserts <laughs> that was funny that was a good one <laughs> he did he was being like a, a total asshole everybody yeah. that supports him and you know <laughs> liquor yeah. will do that definitely makes your mouth say shit that you probably and you know you probably shouldn't say <laughs> i don't know how people would like still even spoke to me half the time um cut to dawson totally puking in his sink and andy's right behind him throwing up in the toilet it's so gross like it's so disgusting that was very believable i like smelled it when i watched it it was so gross andy says it's all her fault and they both promise each other to never drink again it was like uh it was just like a dumb scene like blah 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 remind me of how i feel if you ever see me drinking again and um pukey pukey more pukey they go to throw up yeah they both throw up again and i was like that's a big bathroom (laughs) now we're with gal she finds mitch on the porch with all the wicker and mitch asks if they completely screwed up their son's life and gal says he's 16 years old do you remember being 16 and he says yeah i do remember and she says she's returning the explorer the next day and they agree to get him an older car together that they'll put a down payment on and maybe Dawson can pay the payments on it, teach him a little responsibility about money. They have like a nice normal moment for once where they like are in agreement about something. Now we're with Jack. He finds Joey standing alone near the creek. She's outside <laughs> in the freezing cold. And um, she just says, why did you choose Abby? Like, why Abby? He says, everyone's been telling me how okay they are with me coming out. She says, sorry for being so accepting. Would you rather everyone turn against you? I was like, shut up. Just let him talk. He tells her that Abby was saying things that just made sense to him that made him feel just like everybody else. She asks him if they hadn't walked in on him and Abby, would they have carried... Like how far would they have gone, basically? Yeah. She asked him if they they hadn't walked in, would they have continued? And he says that he still would have stopped it. He says, in that moment, I knew that I was gay. He says, I'm gay. She tells him that everyone feels alone and wants to be normal. And I don't think anyone ever really does. And I was like, that's a true statement. (laughs) If you feel like you're completely normal, then there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. He tells her that he just doesn't want to be singled out. Like he has some scarlet G on his chest. Like he's the Ellen of Cape Side. (laughs) I was like, Ellen got a lot of shout outs in this episode. So she tells him that they're all going through the painful process of growing up. He just has an extra layer of difficulty, but he's incredibly lucky to have people who support him. And she says, just don't lose sight of that. So he says, the thought of being gay is such a lonely thought, and he just doesn't want to end up alone. So they end up alone, though. I know. That's the thing. Like, I have to, I wanted to comment about that. I don't know. Even before I met Justin, I never thought. I or cared if I was gonna end up alone. You know what I mean? Right. It just was never something in my thought process. I I know that there's like a there's like a weird thing, especially with gay guys, where you do a lot of fucking around in like your 20s and 30s, even. And then by the time you're 40 or 50 and you're still doing that shit, you're not settled down with somebody. And being in a in a monogamous relationship, in a gay relationship. It's almost like abnormal. 
And I remember somebody said to me one time, who was younger than me, they said, I feel like, um, like you and Justin have something that I want to have one day. Like, I don't want to keep dating around and seeing you guys together. It's like nice because, you know, a lot of gay guys would would like love to be in a long-term relationship like that. Right. And I said, really? Like, I never even thought of it like that. I just don't have that mentality, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, I thought it was a nice thing to say. It's just, I never thought of it that way. Um, So now we are with Jen. She's walking home and she sees Ty sitting on her front porch. And he says, he doesn't think that they should see each other anymore. And she says, so you waited on a freezing cold porch to tell me something that was perfectly clear two hours ago. And he says, he just wants to explain himself. And she says that he doesn't need to. So she tells him he has God-given natural impulses that everybody in his life has told him are wrong to follow. And instead of growing your own conscience, he prefers to drag her through his grief. And she's not going to stand for it. He tells her that she needs to understand that all of his life has been about the church, the teachings, the beliefs, they're all he knows. And Jen says, so let me get this straight. You're a Christian, but you like to booze it up and you like to party and you judge people for being gay. You go around acting like heterosexual sex is the way of the Lord, but you want to actually have heterosexual sex. And he says he knows it sounds complicated. And he tells her he's struggling with the fact that he's a teenage guy with all the desires that come along with it. Desires that are in direct opposition of everything that he's been taught to believe. And he tells her when he's with her, all sense of reason flies out of his head because she's so beautiful and sexy and he wants her so badly. And he apologizes for making her feel bad and says that it has nothing to do with her and everything to do with him. And she says, this this has everything to do with me. She says that she really liked him. And despite what he might think about her past experience, when she kissed him tonight, that wasn't her desire for something more. It was a desire for something pure. Something she hasn't felt in a long time, but he ruined that. And he tells her maybe one day when he can deal with all of his baggage. And she says, someone who can make me feel like this doesn't deserve a maybe. And she slams the door in his face. I was like, that was a perfect way to end a relationship. Yeah, go Jen. I was very proud of her for standing up for herself. And while I understand where he was coming, they just, they do not, they don't. um, They're not compatible. No. They never were going to be. She should have left him when when he said he didn't believe in um gay like being gay. True. But she still gave him a chance. She tried to give him a chance to kind of redeem himself and learn and accept, but it uh, didn't work. No, because he's too blocked from all of his real his beliefs that he has in his head now. He's never gonna change his mind. So now we are in our final scene. Joey's now with Dawson. He's laying in bed. He's still drunk. He says that the room is spinning. Oh, I hate the spins. Yeah, it's not fun. That's not a fun ride. (laughs) No. He apologizes to her for whatever he said. And she says that she forgave him. And she tells him that even he is allowed to make a few mistakes in this world. And everyone else will eventually forgive him too. She says, you pretty much told the truth. (laughs) And he says, but the way I said it wasn't good. So then he says that he's so lonely. He's like, I'm 16 years old and I'm so lonely. And she says, is that why you got drunk? And he, and he says, yeah. And he says, why did you break up with me and run straight to Jack? And she says, because it wasn't you. It was never about finding someone better. It was about finding someone who wasn't so close to me. So I could tell where I ended and he began. Our lives have been so intertwined that in many ways, I feel like you partially invented me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was like, that's so weird. And that scares me so much. 
I need to find out if I'm capable of being a whole person without you. And he tells her to do it quickly because he says, God, I love you. And he closes his eyes and it looks like there was like a tiny tear in his, in his eye. And she just whispers back to him, I love you too, Dawson. And Joey gets up. She looks up. I love Dawson. Yeah, they're not meant to be together. It's so funny watching it now. Like they're really, they really aren't. But I'm not yet on the Pacey yet. So I'm not saying anything yet. You will be. <laughs> so on the Pacey train. Joey looks out the window and she sees that it's it's snowing. His window's actually closed, by the way. Did she notice that? <laughs> it oh. wasn't open. <laughs> so it's the first snow and she starts to make a wish, but we clearly don't hear her. But she's just like making a wish. And the end credits. And next episode is Psychic Friends. But that was the episode. I think we did that pretty fast considering our night was pretty shot yeah. to hell with all the tech issues we were having. But um, all in all, I think it was a really good episode. I thought the blues scene with Dawson and Andy was funny. I really, really want to see what happens if Pacey confronts Dawson about what he said. Because by the end of the episode, they sort of just left Andy and Pacey um they just put them to the wayside and i was like are they ever gonna have any result out from that night like is i don't like i was wondering if they were yeah like were they ever gonna like say anything about it but i don't know what's gonna happen next week i didn't um oh i did watch the opening of psychic friends because it started playing and i did remember the full up the full opening it was funny but we'll see what happens i don't know but it was a good episode i liked it i liked the return of abby me too it was nice to see abby back we gotta enjoy her while we got her <laughs> I know she'll be dead soon. <laughs> but we're almost done the season. This is already episode 16. I think I think there's like 23 episodes a season. I'm pretty awesome. sure. But we're almost done. I know. Watch, we're gonna blink, Steven, and then it's gonna be we're gonna have to find a new show. <laughs> well, Dawson Creek will be done. <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. I feel like I don't want it to end yet, but well, we still got time. We'll probably be doing this for like another year, but I know it's over before we know it. But it's it's been so fun doing it, Jamie. I'm so I'm still so happy doing it. It's like me too. There's never a night where we go to record. I'm like I don't feel like doing this. I really do enjoy doing this with you. Me too. But do you want to add anything else before we call it a night? <laughs> Just a, a big shout out to all of our fans and our listeners and everybody that's loving us. We love you. Just keep downloading and subscribing and sharing with your friends. Um, we appreciate you guys so so much. We say this every time, but we mean it. I totally agree with that. We got a really nice DM the other night from Justin from the Say by the Bell the New Class page. Did you read it? No, I missed it. What did it say? Oh, he's so funny. He's such a nice guy, too. So he sent us a picture. He's on a cruise and he sent us a picture of him listening to us from the beginning. And he said, we've just been keeping him company on, on his cruise, which was really nice of him to say. And he, then he sent us a message again about how we were talking about Greece too. And how like people don't ever like talk about Greece too. (laughs) And um, he was, he said something like, I, like, I don't want to keep like DMing you or whatever. I was like, send us whatever you want we don't care we appreciate it but yeah he's he's a nice he's a really nice person if you are a fan of say by the bell the new class i would highly recommend his instagram page it it's save sbtb underscore the new class he's got tons and tons of 
old videos and clips and fun articles from like teen magazines from back in the, in the day. It's very nostalgic to look at. Like when he posts new stuff, even like me scrolling through it right now, I'm like 13 years old again, looking at this stuff. Like, Can you say his handle one more time a little slower? You said it so quick. I'm sure some of our listeners were probably like, huh? <laughs> it is SBTB underscore the new class. So say by the bell underscore the new class. Got it. But yeah, he's really, really cool. I like him. But yeah, I really liked his um, DM though. So it was really, really nice of him. He said, keep up the great work. I'll be commenting more now that I'm starting to catch up. I was like, you <laughs> start listening to us from the beginning. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, Jamie, why don't you tell everybody where to find your bookstagram? Yeah. So I am at jlynn underscore book lover. If you want to follow us on Instagram, go to at Creek Talk Podcast or on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And we have links to our link tree in our bios. Jamie's um, bookstagram account is under there as well. Also, if you want to rate and review us, you can do so on iTunes, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever you listen to podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to tell us how we're doing or give us a funny story or anything relatable to us or Dawson's Creek, send us an email at creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and read it in our next episode. So... All right. Well, thank you for listening. We hope everybody has a very happy and safe weekend. Tell your loved ones that you love them and give them a hug and kiss them and love them forever because life is so weird and too short and just be happy. Be happy, guys. (laughs) Well, we'll see you next week. Bye. My name is Dawson Leary I'm feeling kind of weary Today is my birthday Y'all look a little bleary The girl that I care for Left me and ran away Straight into the arms Of a guy who turned out to be gay I got the blues Today I woke up, feel like I was born to lose. Yeah, I got the blues. Some days you were born to lose. Here's my friend Annie, she's gonna sing a song cause she got the blues, go! My name is Andy. And my brother is the one who's gay. My other brother died. And my boyfriend makes me randy. His name is Pacey. And my mom's gone, go feeling crazy. I got the blues. Right, you singing, sister? Yeah. Sometimes you swear you were born to lose. Oh, we got the blues. Now it's time to. Put on my dancing shoes. Woo! 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 All right. All right. Uh.
hopeless and confused. But this girl that I told you about, she's been on the move. She's at my surprise party where everyone I know is right now. When I show up late there, they're all gonna have a cow. Yeah.